Welcome back to another Run the Damn Ball podcast. It was a rough ending last Saturday for Nebraska as they lost 30-23 to to Minnesota. I'm your host, Daniel Magnuson. My guest on today is Sam Alessandro. Going into the bye week, Nebraska is 3-5. and five. Every loss has come by just one score this season. Sam, where does Nebraska go from here to try and finish off their season strong? Yeah, you know, Daniel, that, that that's a really tough question because, yeah. you know, it feels like with Nebraska, they take one step forward and then two steps backward almost every other week when it comes to just the progression of this football team. You know, you had the fan base really feeling good about themselves, especially after uh, the Michigan game. They were able to stay competitive against a top 10 team, a team that could, you know, potentially make the playoffs. And then, you know, you come out completely flat against a Minnesota team that is very beatable. They lost to Bowling Green earlier on in the season. And, you know, co- coming into this bye week, you know, you you really thought that this was a huge opportunity for Nebraska. Have yet to make a bowl game in Scott Frost's uh, tenure so far. And, you know, just another heartbreaking loss, it seems like. You know, every week almost, Nebraska's finding new ways to lose. It's a trend. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot harder to do a podcast after a loss than it is a win, obviously. Like, I remember after the Northwestern game, like, that was a that was just easy. Like, But this one is like, even the Michigan game wasn't even too hard because there was yeah. so much to talk about. But this one, it was like, oh, my gosh. And I could kind of... It's not like I'm not a player. I'm just a fan. I'm, you know, we're both seniors here at UNL right now. Yeah. But I got a feeling that like we had played more football than any team in the country. Mm-hmm. Illinois had a bye week already. Yeah. And we hadn't. We were coming up on game number eight, eight weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got a vibe to like, what if we're tired? What yeah. if we're, you know, not going to give our full effort and not completely be, you know, into the game as much as Minnesota was? Because that was their sixth game and that was our eighth game. Mm-hmm. And so I was worried like, did we already? Maybe we needed a bye week already. And we just hadn't had one. Yeah. And I was hoping, like, I hope that we can just, you know, before the game, I'm thinking, I hope our guys can just like put one together and just find a way to get a win before a bye week. Because I know they're they're tired. Like they played eight straight more than anyone else has, and um, they came out flat, um, unfortunately. And I mean, the defense, good second half, really. I mean, I think they had a pretty good second half, but they're. I mean, Minnesota had no trouble moving the ball the entire first half against us. And so, you know, I you probably remember more about the game than I do, considering I was at the game. Yeah. But, um, you know, what, what were your what were your major takeaways from what you saw on TV? Well, I mean, you, you kind of touched on it. You know, I think you can definitely tell that the the Huskers were a little tired, especially, you know, coming into like that first quarter. Um, you could tell that they had played, this was their eighth straight, eighth straight game, mm-hmm. uh, like you said. And, you know, they just came out really flat. Uh, even the defense, they were struggling, like you said, in the first half. Uh, Tanner Morgan at one point had completed, I believe, 15 consecutive passes, 16. Yeah, he went 20 for 24. Yeah. And so, you know, that's definitely very uncharacteristic, especially with this defense, because... I mean, you've seen Oklahoma, you know, basically the whole year they've put up a lot of points except for against Nebraska, really. And Nebraska's defense is one of the best in the country, but 
they really came out flat against Minnesota, you know. And like you said, Tara Morgan went 20 of 24 uh, this this past weekend, and he's not that kind of passer usually. And, yeah. you know, Minnesota was also on their third-string running back. And, you know, he only ran the ball 17 times, but he was able to get over 100 yards. And It was because of that, that last yeah, touchdown that, they had. Yeah, that last he, touchdown. It was like a 55-yarder. Yeah, and that was – that kind of sealed the game for him. And, you know, you also saw kind of an uncharacteristic game for Adrian Martinez in terms of how he has played the rest of the year um, besides maybe the Illinois game. Adrian has been one of, if not the best, quarterback in the Big Ten, Yeah, I would say. And he just wasn't himself. 18 of 33. Did throw for 241 yards, but... No interceptions, know, one yeah, touchdown. Yeah, yeah. No, no picks. Um but he missed some easy throws there at the beginning. Uh, couldn't connect with Austin Allen at the beginning. Uh, I, I do think Austin Allen was one of the bright spots, though, for Nebraska. That was probably one of, if not his best game as a Husker. And, you know, I think in the second half, there there obviously were a ton of opportunities for Nebraska oh my gosh. to come away with points, and they didn't, obviously— We'll probably talk about it here in a, a few minutes, but yeah, we'll get into the, it for the sure. The red zone uh, was just the red zone offense was bad to say the least. Um, and once again, special teams, you know, it it it's just not good for Nebraska. You know, they they had probably two of their best weeks of special teams uh, in Frost's you know mm-hmm. tenure so far against Northwestern and Michigan, and then now. You know, Connor Culp, he just, I think it's just gotten into his head. And they said he was also dealing with a hip flexor injury. Um, so Maybe I think. just, I mean, he did make a 50 yarder or, or something close to that. Yeah, yeah, he made a 49. Yeah, he made a 50 yarder. But, you know, again, missed a PAT. And missed a like, 30 yarder or something close. A pretty, usually what is a, a chip shot field goal for him. Yeah. And, you know, I I get Frost's loyalty to him, you know, because he was an All Big Ten kicker last year. But at some point, you know, and, and you saw it there towards the end. There was like a fourth and nine, and they had to go for it because they didn't they, have trust. Yeah, they they knew that you can't just bring out that kicker again because you know if he misses another one, his confidence is completely gone. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I guess. I always like to start things off with quarterbacks because they are the most important position. Yeah. Adrian rushed for negative 17 yards. That might be like a record low for him. Yeah, that I might be. I think he had an ankle injury, like, a, like a, not like a serious one. Well, yeah, and uh, Frost mentioned uh, after the game that, or on, on his uh, show last night with uh, Greg Sharp, that uh, Adrian has kind of been dealing with some injury. He wouldn't uh, specify as to what it is. Uh, but, you know, remember, he took a, a nasty shot against Michigan State, had to go out for a few uh, drives. Mm-hmm. That's when we saw <laughs> Logan Smothers play a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, he just he, – he was on his regular game, and like you said, negative 17 yards rushing, uh, you know, That's inconsistencies not, yeah. on the offensive line as well. You know, that it it's just not the – not not the 
Nebraska offense that we were expecting to see coming into the Frost era, and you know, especially year four, I don't think we were expecting uh, these kind of struggles. And you know, gotta give credit to Minnesota; they were they were spying Adrian the entire time. Oh, they yeah. knew how much of a running threat he was, especially when the pocket starts to collapse. And so they did a really good job spying on him. And you know, Minnesota they they've been you know one of the Achilles' heels for Scott Frost. You know, for years now, uh, ever since that first year when Nebraska just exploded and they were able to get their first uh, win in the Frost era, yeah. uh, PJ Fleck now three and one against Scott Frost and the Huskers. Yeah, and I guess we can jump into Fleck, um, but I'll finish off what we're talking about with Martinez. I feel like he did have some chances to run mm-hmm. last Saturday, but he just didn't seem like he was as fast. As he, like, I mean, sometimes we watch him evade the pocket, and it's like, wow, this dude is yeah. quick. He didn't really have that, I don't think, against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was at his full speed, um, just running wise, and that hurt him a little bit. Just as a quarterback, he still played solid, um, but wasn't able to play like to his full potential. I think because of that. Yeah. And then, so I want to jump on this topic because PJ flex a little bit much to deal with. So. Um, <laughs> And, like, hey, he just won against Nebraska three in a row. Um, you know, I guess three years ago we didn't have Martinez. But the last two years, hey, he won two close games over Nebraska. And he said something after the game. Also, you could talk about how he's, like, talking to Martinez after the game. Mm-hmm. I think that's all show. He's just – he's a cult of personality. Good football coach. Like, honestly, he has a better program rolling right now than Nebraska. So, oh, you know, yeah. props to him. Mm-hmm. But he's a cult of personality. He's a lot to deal with. He's just – yes, he probably is, like, fond of Adrian in some way. But at the same time, it's a little bit weird how he's, like, all, like, oh, I'm going to be all, like, inspirational after a loss to the mm-hmm. opposing – like, bro, get, you know the cameras are on. Get out of yeah. here. Also, <laughs> Also, okay, if you win, you can say whatever you want. Okay, you yeah. can say whatever you want. I'm not gonna knock the dude for you know throwing some shade at Frost because Frost has thrown shade at him before. Oh yeah, the sloganeering that you yeah. said at the Big Ten media days. Yeah, yeah that was 100 percent directed at. PJ they are Fleck. they are throwing shade. They honestly just need to fight each other at this point. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like it's culture, culture, culture versus skill, and you know culture prevailed today. And I'm just like, Nebraska has its best culture right now than it's had in years. First of all. And it wasn't really okay. Yeah, I get your you're down to your third string running back and you had a big game, but at the same time, it wasn't like that was what pushed it over the top. Like straight up, Nebraska had its chances and they just didn't do it. Yeah, it's not that your culture prevailed. That's a load of crap. You're yeah. just throwing darts. I will say this: Minnesota <laughs> did its best uh, Nebraska impression in the second half, trying to blow the game. Literally, Tanner Morgan uh, threw two picks. In that second half, he he was kind of starting to force the ball there. I know he went 20 of 24 still, but, you know, there there were some questionable play calls I thought that Minnesota had as well, and Nebraska just couldn't take advantage of it. Like, they ran, like, a flea flicker uh, when they were up, like, I think they were up, like, 14, or or no, they were only up a touchdown, but they were driving – uh, they were in uh, Nebraska territory, and then they tried running a trick play. Yeah, and Cam Taylor Britt got a sack. I'm like, man, why, why, why are you doing that? Like, you're you're having so much success just running the ball and dinking and dunking it all the way down the field, 
they got a little too cute, I thought. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Nebraska really kind of just let Minnesota win. I mean, that's been a common theme, I would say, in almost every loss this season for Nebraska. All one-score losses. Yeah, all one-score losses. And every single one, you can point to a couple of plays, honestly, and be like, okay, those were the plays that lost Nebraska the Mm -hmm. game. And it's really just plays that where Nebraska just beats themselves. And it's it's just, you know, it's like a TV show, man. It, it's the same story every week, and we're on the fourth season of it. So, you know, I do have to give Nebraska credit for this. They uh, Nebraska seems to find a new way to break Husker fans' hearts. Yeah, and it just sucks because we care so much. Like, yeah. Minnesota doesn't care. Half their students didn't even know they won. Oh, no. They're just there for having a good time. And we're out here traveling all the way there yeah. for our team. <laughs> like, and, uh, hey, I'm going to always be there till I die. But at the same time, it sucks. I will say this. I So I know you went to the game mm-hmm. on Saturday. I went to the game two years ago when Nebraska got blown out. Yeah, that's tough. And we did get heckled by a few fans. They were drunk, but, you know, it's okay. They're usually nice. I, yeah, I, they, they, yeah, they were pretty nice, but... All they care about there is the Minnesota Vikings. Facts. That, that, that's all they care about. And so they were much I, – I, I could tell you right now as a Minnesota Vikings fan, they were much, much happier. It was a little dicey there uh, yesterday, but they were uh, much more happy about the Vikings win than the Minnesota oh, Golden yeah. Gophers. Because, you know, I mean, Minnesota, they're just one of those programs where they're – I mean – they're just not that that type of program where they win, you know, 10, 11 games every year. They're fine, you know, going 8-5, and 7-6. and six. Uh, But like you said, I mean, P.J. Fleck is a good coach. They got, they got a solid culture there. And more importantly, they got a really tough offensive and defensive line. They are big, and you saw that. They really controlled the line of scrimmage against Nebraska, and that's Honestly, one of the main reasons why Nebraska lost, I think. Yeah, we weren't really able to get a lot of pressure on their QB. Their O-line is massive. Oh, I've yeah. said that before. Yeah, they're and, huge. I mean, I wore the Run the Damn Ball hat. It's right here next to me, and I wore it to the game. And Minnesota fans love that hat because oh, that's yeah. how they win games too. Um, they were pissed because they felt like if they just kept running the ball, they could have well, yeah. scored more points and also, you know, they didn't need to be throwing on us like that in the third quarter. They did. Morgan threw two dumb interceptions, and we got zero points off mm-hmm. of those interceptions. If you look back, we were down 21 9 at half. Yeah. We get a pick. Okay, wait, hold up. We did. Okay, I think we got seven points off of, of turnovers. If I, I'll yeah, it was, it was the second. It was the interception that Dante Williams had. Yeah, so. Where he got hurt. Well, no, Cam Taylor Britt got a pick in the end zone. And yeah. I think we went down and scored after we, that. Nebraska got pretty lucky, I think, on that pick because he, it was was underthrown. O- he was open and Morgan <laughs> just completely underthrew him. But that was a great catch by Taylor Britt. It really was. So we got a touchdown off the first turnover. But then Deontay Williams gets a pick in Minnesota territory. He also goes down with a, some sort of injury, yeah, leg it, injury. It, yeah. I'm not going to speculate, but it didn't look too good. He didn't play the rest of the game. Yeah. Miles Farmer did. But but we didn't get points off the next drive because of the Yant 
Uh, we should have just QB sneaked the ball because we're at the <laughs> half yard line. It's like a 95% chance we like wa- like fall over into the end zone. I'm not even going to talk about the Adrian run that should have been called a touchdown. Like We should have just QB sneaked it. And Yant, if he doesn't stumble, also scores a touchdown. It was the most Nebraska tragedy I've ever seen. Yeah. We actually ran the ball, but we just fell over. Yeah. God. Well, well and, you know, another tough break for Nebraska. Ramir Johnson was balling there. Yes. He was... I mean, he's been clicking the last few weeks. He's really solidified himself as the running back one. He had 11 carries for 83 yards and two touchdowns, and then he got hit on what I honestly think could be looked at as maybe a targeting call. That was just a rough, a tough loss for the Nebraska offense because just as soon as they started clicking, you know, their running back one gets injured, and... I mean, you you probably see it on Twitter. I I wish Nebraska would get Xavier Betts more involved in the offense. That's something I want to talk about too. Yeah, because I think I think he's a guy uh. like, and also like you have a six foot eight. I mean, they said it like literally like twenty times <laughs> on Saturday. We have a six foot eight tight end, and for some reason, I feel like we never use him in the red zone, where it's probably the best time to use him. And he was having probably his best college yeah, game on Saturday. his best game ever. And we finally used him, like, but it was kind of too late. We needed yeah. an onside kick. We didn't get it after yeah. he scored a touchdown. I want to finish. You know, we need to mention this. Chenander, our defensive coordinator, his father died like two days before the game in a yeah. car wreck. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised that Chenander even coached. Yeah. Um, I thought that he may just, like, take a, take a you know, you, you never know how someone's going to handle, you know, losing their you know, parent. Um, so, you know, prayers out to him. That's really tough. Um, you know, I like props to him for you know even being there. I you know, some people would just, you know, he's working right. You know, if, a lot of people when they lose you know loved one, they're gonna take like a week off, right? And you know, he was there for us. And you know, defense didn't have the best first half, but they did enough for us to win the game. Oh, they yeah. only gave up twenty eight points. And if our offense is clicking the way, uh, you know, it can and finishing drives, we have a good chance to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like you know if. This is one more thing I want to talk about. You you just talked about with the offense. Besides Allen downfield and maybe one or two other plays, we're not getting our, our wide receivers down the field mm. as much as we need to. Toure had one yard. Yeah. Yeah, that that was one of the more disappointing things on Saturday. Uh, Martinez was not able to connect with Toure, and he's by far one of Nebraska's most talented playmakers. And that's kind of the concerning thing that I have just with this Nebraska team as a whole, this is by far the best skill position players Frost has had yes. here. This is by far the best defense Frost has had here. And he has a four-year starter, and Nebraska is still three and four. And it's just— Three and five, or, which hurts excuse even me, more. Sorry, yeah, three and five. It hurts. It, it, it hurts. It hurts real bad. And, yeah, you know, I, I think they— you know Omar too. I mean, th- he caught all three of his targets. We got to get him the ball more. We need to get Betts involved more. We didn't really run a whole lot of that triple option stuff after the first quarter because I think Minnesota was all over it. Yeah. Which you know that stuff opens up a lot of our offense, and we didn't really see that. Also, I don't think they wanted Adrian running a lot. I think that's part of it too. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of just. I know they were kind of playing catch up, but throwing the ball 33 times, especially like. Adrian was not on his A game in terms of just accuracy. Not a big fan of throwing it that many times. Because even though Minnesota fans thought they threw the ball a lot, 
Terry Morgan only threw it 24 times. Yeah. And he was effective with it. And so, yeah, the lack of explosive plays for Nebraska has been concerning, to say the least, in the last few years. It's been better this year, but Minnesota was able to uh, avoid any big, big explosive plays. There was a nice play to Betts for 27 yards. Allen had some plays. Allen made some plays, but that was something that Fleck, you could tell, definitely uh, emphasized going into this week. And, you know, I I do have to give Minnesota credit for that. They did a good job uh, avoiding the big plays that could potentially change the outcome of the game. We were less dimensional in our run game, and, you know, we can probably infer that's, you know, Martinez's ankle or whatever it is. Um, But I would have liked to see one more thing from our offense, and that's we ran the ball well on first down. We were getting three- to four-yard gains, and we were not sticking to it. I feel like we could have done that more. What I've seen from just the Scott Frost era Mm -hmm. is that they don't respond well when things go really bad. Yeah. They yeah, don't. They don't. <laughs> I remember watching Nebraska games when I was like, younger, and you know it could be, it could be you know Taylor Martinez or Tommy Armstrong at quarterback. They would have a really bad interception or a fumble that would mm-hmm. kill us, and then we'd be down. But they would come back, yeah. and they'd bring the team back, and then we'd go win the game anyway. And we have not when we have a bad fumble or you know a bad penalty that something that like really kills us, we don't respond well to win the game. Yeah. Um, you know, you could even talk about, you know, last week with the Michigan fumble or the Martinez fumble against Michigan. Yeah. We had the ball and had a chance to go down and score even after being down 32-29. It's just like we have never really taken advantage of the opportunities to respond to our mistakes. Yeah. And that's that's the difference between this you know, program right now versus what it has been in the past is that they don't really overcome well. And they put together a complete game sometimes. Um, and they don't have to worry about, you know, these mistakes, but they haven't responded well to them, so. Yeah, I mean, I think the Michigan State game is a classic example of that. Um, you know, the the defense did plenty in that game to win the game, and yet, you know, like you said, Daniel, there are opportunities almost every in almost every one of these games. Nebraska has had the ball last and an opportunity to score, and it just seems like they've they've never been able to do that. And you know, I know Husker fans. They were really critical back in the day with Tommy Armstrong. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I may or may not have been one of those guys, but, you know, got to give credit to him. He had some clutch moments, was able to upset Michigan State, was able to upset Oregon. They were ranked at the time, and then it turned out they were bad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, he had some really clutch moments to help uh, help Nebraska clinch a win and Unfortunately, with Adrian Martinez, you know, despite how talented he is, we just haven't seen that uh, really from him. You know, that that clutch game where he, you know, carries us to a win in the last couple of minutes. You know, we had the opportunity against Michigan, had the opportunity against Minnesota, Illinois, Oklahoma, Illinois, Oklahoma, even Michigan State, Nebraska. Overtime. Yeah, overtime. They they threw a pick and also. They had an opportunity there. There was about three minutes left. All they needed to do was probably get two first downs, and the game is over. And it's third and six, I believe, and 
Martinez threw it to Toure. It was like a four yard pass. They well, were that was in overtime. Oh, you know, you're right. Actually, and yeah. then and then that's when they punted it and gave up the punt return touchdown to tie the game. And so, you know, unfortunately, it's just it's always been. And and this past week, I think we have to talk about the brutal uh, safety. Yeah, I was about I to mean, say that was did not need to happen. No, he, he there was time in the pocket and uh you know if you can't find someone just throw the ball away. You can't you know keep running back especially you know when you know you're close to the end zone. You got to avoid the safety at all costs and you know just another another creative way that Nebraska was able to break our hearts. I may end up saying something controversial here, but, you know, this is the Run the Damn Ball podcast. Yeah. And so I might just go ahead and do that. But the topic has already come up in the past few weeks. Like, oh, what if Adrian decides to use his COVID redshirt year and right. come back for a fifth year, which would be his last year of eligibility? And I'm just going to be completely honest. I think he's a really good quarterback for 55 minutes. But – from what we've seen in most of his games is that if it's close down the stretch, he really is not at his best. Mm-hmm. And he sort of freezes up. And I hate saying that because I love the dude. He's a really good guy. Yeah, He plays his heart out. Mm-hmm. He cares so much. He's done so much for us. But I kind of would be cool with us moving on to another quarterback mm-hmm. that may have more of a clutch gene next year. Whether that's Smothers, Harburg, I don't. I mean, it could be anybody yeah, that just we're, we're can find a way to help us finish games because we have not finished games very well for the past four years. Well, and I think also part of the issue with the Nebraska, with the way Frost has this offense built, it's built so much around the quarterback that the quarterback has to perform well in order for them to win. That's that that is so and, true. I actually haven't thought a ton yeah. about that. And in the Big Ten, honestly, like you don't need great quarterback play to to win games. I mean, look at how Wisconsin has been able to do in the past decade with pretty, you know, average quarterbacks. Look at Iowa. Besides Russell Wilson, Wisconsin's quarterbacks are just six four, like slow white dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. And yeah, Russell Wilson's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, so and he was amazing for Wisconsin. No surprise there. That was probably their best year that yeah, year. That, I they mean, made it to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Arguably. So I agree so much. And I had this thought a little bit ago, but because you said that, it popped back in my head. We have not really had a go-to running back. Ozigbo, we had that in Frost's first year. But that year is kind of like a transition year and, you know, that really wasn't until the last, like, six games. Yeah, we though. really didn't utilize him in the way we should have until towards the end. And so we haven't, you know, we could talk about Maurice Washington was going to be the guy running back, but, mm-hmm. you know, he had off-field issues. He's no longer even playing football. I don't think he was a Big Ten back, though, because once Big Ten play started, like— he get hurt. I, I was at the Minnesota game. He got rocked a few times, and, I mean, it's it's just tough. He he just wasn't that big guy. But, like, Ramirez's not a big guy, and I think he's he has the potential to be— that potential uh, workhorse for Nebraska in the next few years. But, yeah, like you said, they haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher since Ozigbo. 
So Yeah, we're not running the damn ball the way that we are capable of, in my opinion. And Prohaska was really helping with us with our offensive line, and he got hurt. Yeah. And we'll have him back next year. But we still we got to stick to the run game a little bit more and take a little bit of pressure off our quarterbacks. If we can get a 1,000-yard rusher next year, think about how many more games that we'll win. We'll probably win a couple more games. If we had a running back like Abdullah mm-hmm. or someone like that who we could rely on, we don't have to worry about like as much as we have to worry about from Martinez and just the rest of the offense because it's less on them. It's more of like we're going to run clock out. We're going to run the ball. I mean, say what you want about the Pelini era. I mean, the quarterbacks were sometimes wildly inconsistent, but we Nebraska always had a strong run game. Always had a 1,000-yard rushers. I mean, we, we really took for granted the just the amount of great running backs we had in the Pelini era. I mean, you went from Rex Burkhead who was, I think, one of the most underrated Huskers of all time. He's a, He was amazing. Rex Burkhead was awesome. Oh, and right before that, I, I'm sorry, Roy Halu. Roy Halu was great for two years for He Nebraska. was a big run, like, like magician. Ma- machine. Like, he, it was like every other game he was busting a 70-yarder. And I know that was Big 12, so a little different. But, I mean, still, he was really, really underrated, and he had a nice NFL career. Rex Burkhead still in the NFL was a great player for Nebraska. And then Amir Abdullah. Still in the NFL. Still in the NFL uh, on the Minnesota Vikings. and Pound for pound, one of the best Nebraska players ever. Yeah. And so, and then even like in the Riley era, like Terrell Newby, he was pretty good his senior year. Yeah. Like he was consistent. Um, and I thought he was a nice bright spot. And, you know, Part of the reason why Mike Riley, you know, ended up getting fired here, I think, was because he was so committed to having a pass game and didn't run the ball, run the damn ball enough. Oh, Zigbo got completely forgotten in 2017. He yeah. was one of our best players, and he just, we barely ever gave him the ball. Yeah. We had, like, Mikhail Wilbon in there, and yeah, that dude was, got, like, not it at all at running back. They got two pa- pass uh, happy, and, you know— you got steamrolled. Yeah, it got steamrolled. And Nebraska's running offense has been much better this year. I will say that. I love that Frost has finally uh had like finally input the the like almost like a modern o- option offense. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. They can do so much out of it. They have some nice trick plays. They even did a couple where they turned it into a pass play and you know I 100% agree with you. They need to find that workhorse at running back. That's That's been the key for a lot of these other Big Ten West teams to compete. I mean, look at Northwestern. Like, they do not have a star quarterback every year. They yeah, have a no. guy who who can limit mistakes and, you know, when, when needed, he can lead them on a game-winning drive, uh, you know, once or twice a year, if that, if that's necessary. But just... Playing solid defense, which Nebraska already has. We've seen that now for two years. They've had a solid defense, solid enough yes. to win games and at least to get into a bowl game. And, you know, just not enough offensive consistency to to win the games that they need to. And that's the frustrating thing, too. Like, Nebraska is so competitive in all these games where they really should be, you know— People should be talking Nebraska as Big Ten uh, West contenders, 
but they're not. They're one in four in conference. We're one of the most talented teams in the Big Ten. I wouldn't put us quite up there talent-wise with Penn State, oh, no, Ohio State, no. and Michigan. But we are talented enough to compete and win against Absolutely. those teams. And what you said exactly, if our offense is consistent, we aren't three and five. That probably flips to like five and three or six and two. At least, yeah. If we're if we're consistent on offense. And that's you know that's why we're where we're at. That's why, you know, like what do you think is even gonna be the vibe this offseason if, you know, this continues? Like it's are we gonna, you know, stick with this program or are changes gonna be needed at least at like the assistant level? Before we get back to the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to Triple B's Printing. They make awesome Nebraska shirts here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Whether it says run the damn ball or cows, corn, and fullbacks, they got some awesome Nebraska-oriented shirts. So go check them out. Get some of their shirts. They sent me a couple shirts a few weeks ago, and I wear them every week. They're comfortable, awesome shirts to wear. So go check them out. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like at this point there almost has to be, especially, I mean, this is a tough couple of games yes. coming up. I mean, Purdue, we cannot overlook Purdue. They just, they just they just beat up Iowa. They they always upset someone almost every year it feels like. They upset they Ohio State a few years ago when Haskins was at quarterback for the Buckeyes. They have Iowa's number. They beat they, them last yeah, year too. Yeah, they have Iowa's number and you know, I mean, Iowa doesn't have a great offense, but you know, that's because they're so reliant still, on their run game. Yeah, to and, pass. and their amazing defense. Like they, have they a were really good defense. They were forcing so many turnovers that they were bound to have, I guess, sort of an off game uh, where they didn't get you know four turnovers like they did against like Penn State and you know intercepting uh, to his brother. I saw Talia. they also missed a twenty-five yard field goal. They did, yeah. Which is like, hey. Is it just us? That I was guess. at the beginning of the game too, and yeah. I was like, "Ooh, like this is gonna be an interesting game." And then, yeah, I mean, Nebraska. It's just like they have to win three games to get into a bowl game. Yep. And I don't know if they can do that. Uh, they're they're gonna have to upset one of the two team, one of these two teams. They have to be the ranked team. They have to be. Yeah, they actually have to, they have to be two ranked teams because Purdue's least, probably gonna be ranked when we play them. They're twenty fifth right now. Yeah, they're twenty fifth. And then, you know, you still got Wisconsin, still got Ohio State. You got Ohio State after Purdue, and then I believe it's a bye week again, and then Wisconsin, and then Iowa. Yeah, you're right. And, I mean, luckily, three of those games are at home. So I think that is— Undefeated at home? Wait, no, we're not undefeated at home. We lost to Michigan, my bad. Uh, Undefeated is the opposing team when we're on the road. We haven't won a road game since Rutgers last year. Yeah, I think Frost has only had, what, Four, three, five. three or four yeah, uh, maybe games. Yeah, four. Because I saw a tweet that said uh, <coughs> top, yeah, top 15 uh, road uh, Husker wins in the Frost era. He forgot one or two, whoever and posted it was that. Like, but... It was like 2019 Maryland, uh, like 2019 Illinois, and then like two others. Mm, yeah, it was Rutgers and Purdue that we've won on the road to. Yeah. In 2020. Yeah, I think that's which, the Which, only... honestly, there's no fans, so it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah but that... we're not a good road team. We're bad on the road. Like, yeah. we are. And um, you have to remember, too, like, Purdue, like, obviously that first year, that, that loss was pretty frustrating. There was a lot of penalties and yeah. boneheaded mistakes in that game. That was a home game. Uh, that was the game we saw Frost really express his frustration for the first time after the game. Yeah. And then in 2019, I mean, that was uh, that was kind of, kind of like the Minnesota game last week. I felt like 
Nebraska came out really flat in that game. And so coming off of a bye, this is probably, I would say, the most important game in the Frost era. I think this will... Yeah, it's so important. I, I think this will determine the next couple of months of how this program will look in terms of coaches. Uh, you know, who's still going to be here? Is Trev Alberts going to have to make a decision? Uh, you know, telling Frost maybe, you you know, you got to fire some... Or you, you got to make some changes around here uh, with the program. And, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a... Very interesting two weeks here uh, as the anticipation. I mean, you know, they, they got to win this game. Like, there's really no excuses, uh, you know, coming off of a bye. And that's one thing I think we should note. Minnesota was coming off of a bye, and you could tell they came out hot, and Nebraska did not. And honestly, that was kind of one of the main reasons why they won the game. Yeah, I agree. A lot of games have been must-win games, in my opinion, because we're trying oh, to get yeah. to a bowl <laughs> so bad. Michigan State was a must-win. Michigan was a, a must-win. Illinois was a must-win. Uh, nobody thought we could compete with Oklahoma, so I guess I won't throw that in the must-win category. Last no, Saturday was a must-win. We are in the ultimate must-win territory now because Purdue's coming to town in two weeks. Yeah. And I would say nine out of the ten losses that we've had since 2020 started, football season-wise, um, have been winnable. I'm not going to say Ohio State was winnable last year. They were a good team. We were not. That oh, was yeah, not no, winnable. Oh, yeah, no, that was not winnable. But the other nine losses we've had since the Ohio State game have all been games that we had a chance to win. And so that's gonna, the Purdue game is a chance for us to win and you know get back onto the track of you know winning a game and hopefully getting to a bowl, uh, which we haven't done in a long time. Um, so That is crazy to me, by the way. <sighs> so my brother is... 12 and he has almost seen now less or more seasons of Nebraska not making a bowl game than actually making a bowl game which is just crazy to me and I mean I remember growing up like I remember the Callahan like Bill Callahan's last year when Nebraska did not make did not make a bowl and I remember just being so confused like what do you mean Nebraska didn't make a bowl like they always make a bowl game. Like, that makes no sense. And so it's kind of sad just how far Nebraska has fallen since, you know, getting rid of Bo Pelini in 2014. Like, it's been it's been a long couple of years. And, uh, you know, year four in the Frost era, I don't think anyone was expecting, you know, not making a bowl game. You know, I mean, I remember there were people talking, you know, yeah, there's a re- realistic opportunity for Nebraska to go nine and three in Frost's first year, and I I was never like that. I was like, uh, I don't know, like we were pretty bad last year, and there was a lot of turnover, a lot of changes in the roster. You know, we were starting a freshman quarterback. Yeah, and they blew a lot of those games that year. But I mean, you know, it's it was it, 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 it was a it was the first year, so I was like, okay, you know, that, that's okay. And then it's kind of the same thing, and it's year four, and, you know, I think fans are starting to get eager. Yeah. And that goes back to my, you know, almost my opening remarks about the game. Like, that's the frustrating thing. Like, Nebraska has played so well since the Illinois game, which was, in my opinion, rock bottom in the Frost era. Oh, yeah. The sellout was in, in jeopardy. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. And then... 
you have Nebraska play probably its best couple weeks of football in the Frost era so far. You know, competitive against Oklahoma where, honestly, if special teams isn't a thing, they probably win the game. We could say that a lot. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, you could say that a lot for, I mean, I'm a Nebraska and Vikings fan, so I could say that. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not, I'm not a fan of uh, special teams, obviously. But, uh, I mean, competitive against Oklahoma, really should have beat Michigan State. I mean, the defense, you could not have asked for a better performance. Michigan, I mean, you could argue about the refs and all that, but I still think Nebraska should have won that game uh, if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot a few times. And then and same thing last week. And then same thing last week. And I feel like a broken record saying that, but yeah. it, it is true. So, you know, to close things out, we have four games left on our schedule. Mm-hmm. Nothing is guaranteed. We have to win three out of four at least yeah. to go to a bowl. We have to win three to go to a bowl. So Purdue's a must win. Wisconsin is a must win. Ohio State's a must win because we got them at home, and we're probably that's probably our toughest game on oh, the yeah. entire season because they are really clicking now. Yeah, yeah, um, they really are. And then Iowa's a winnable game too. I think just as winnable as Purdue and. Um, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at. And it's stressful, but if they're able to turn it around and get to a bowl, that will do wonders, not only for the fan base, but just for the, the entire program. And I think I don't expect Frost to get fired if we, if, you know, if the season goes, continues the way it's trending. I don't think that's going to happen. Just because of Albert's being his first year as AD, mm-hmm. I think that what will happen if we finish the season the way it's been going is that some people are going to get canned for this staff, which is tough. But I think Frost will get one more year if that's you know the case, and so that'll be a whole lot to you know figure out going forward. But you know at the end of the day, we're not going anywhere. The players aren't. I mean the main players we have i think they're going to be here you know Mm -hmm. we're fans we're not going anywhere um you know uh thanks you guys for joining me and sam today on the run the damn ball podcast um i might also make some run the damn ball merch this week oh nice but you know maybe i want to get to that tomorrow and try and get like an online store going so we'll see yeah and you can get a run the damn ball hat and so can everyone else who wants one but anyway um i think that's everything it's been daniel magnuson and Sam Alessandro here. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Run the damn ball out.